0: Part 1, Chapter 5 of A Key to Uncle Tom's Cabin by Harriet Beecher Stowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by William Jones. Chapter 5 Select Incidents of Lawful Trade, or Facts Stranger Than Fiction. The atrocious and sacrilegious system of breeding human beings for sale, and trading them like cattle in the market, fails to produce the impression on the mind that it ought to produce, because it is lost in generalities. It is like the account of a great battle, in which we learn, in round numbers, that ten thousand were killed and wounded, and throw the paper by without a thought so when we read of sixty or eighty thousand human beings being raised yearly and sold in the market it passes through our mind but leaves no definite trace stern says that when he would realize the miseries of captivity he had to turn his mind from the idea of hundreds of thousands languishing in dungeons and bring before himself the picture of one poor solitary captive pining in his cell. In like manner, we cannot give any idea of the horribly cruel and demoralizing effect of this trade, except by presenting facts in detail, each fact being a specimen of a class of facts. For a specimen of the public sentiment, and the kind of morals and manners which this breeding and trading system produces, both in slaves and in their owners, the writer gives the following extracts from a recent letter of a friend in one of the southern states. Dear Mrs. S., The sable goddess who presides over our bed and washstand is such a queer specimen of her race that I would give a good deal to have you see her her whole appearance as she goes giggling and curtsying about is perfectly comical and would lead a stranger to think her really deficient in intellect this is however by no means the case during our two months acquaintance with her we have seen many indications of sterling good sense that would do credit to many a white person with ten times her advantages She is disposed to be very communicative, seems to feel that she has a claim upon our sympathy in the very fact that we come from the North, and that we could undoubtedly gain no little knowledge of the practical workings of the peculiar institution if we thought proper to hold any protracted conversation with her. This, however, would ensure a visit from the authorities, requesting us to leave town on the next train of cars so we are forced to content ourselves with gleaning a few items now and then taking care to appear quite indifferent to her story and to cut it short by dispatching her on some trifling errand being equally careful however to note down her peculiar expressions as soon as she has disappeared a copy of these i have thought you would like to see especially as illustrating the views of the married institution which is a necessary result of the great human property relation system a southern lady who thinks negro sentiment very much exaggerated in uncle tom's cabin assures us that domestic attachments cannot be very strong for one man will have two or three wives and families on as many different plantations and the lady of our hotel tells us of her cook having received a message from her husband that he has another wife and she may get another husband with perfect indifference simply expressing a hope that she won't find another here during the next month as she must then be sent to her owner in georgia and would be more unwilling to go and yet both of these ladies are quite religious and highly resent any insinuation that the moral character of the slaves is not far above that of the free negroes at the north with violet's story i will also enclose that of one of our waiters in which i think you will be interested violet's mother and father both died as she says for i had any sense leaving eleven children all scattered to save my LIFE, Missus, COULDN'T TELL DIS YEAR NIGHT WHERE ONE OF DEM IS. Massa LEB IN CHARLESTON, MY FIRST HUSBAND WHEN HE WAS YOUNG, NICE MAN, HE HAD SEVEN CHILDREN, DID HE SOLD OFF TO FLORIDA. NEVER HEAR FROM HIM AGAIN. OLD FOLKS DIE. OH, THAT'S BE MY botheration, MISS. WHEN OLD PEOPLE BE DEAD, THEN WE BE SCATTERED ALL ABOUT. Then I sold up here, now have another husband, have four children up here. I lived very easily when my young husband lived, and we had children very fast. But now, these year ones, tight fellas, Massa don't allow us to raise nothing. No pig, no goat, no dog, no nothing. Won't allow us to raise a bit of corn. We has to do just the best we can. They don't give us a single grain, but just two homespun frocks, no coat at all. Can't go to meetin', cause missus, get this work done, then get dinner. In summer I goes every Sunday evening, but these here short days, time to get dinner dishes washed, then time to get supper. Generally goes Baptist church. Do your people usually go there? "'Ah, dere be's three shares of dem, "'Methodist gang, Baptist gang, Piscopal gang. "'Last summer used to have a right smart meetin' in our yard. "'Sunday night, Master Johnson preached to us. "'Then he said couldn't have two meetin's. "'We might go to church.' Well, "'Why?' "'Gracious knows. "'I loves to go to meetin' allers, "'especially when there's good preachin'. Loves to have people talk good to me. Likes to have people read to me, too. Cause don't blam no church, no reason why I shan't. Does your master like to have others read to you? He won't hinder. I ain't bound to tell him when folks read to me. I have my soul to save. He have his soul to save. Our owners don't stand every few minutes and read to us. They think it is too great honor. They's very hard on us. Brack preachers sometimes talk good to us and pray with us and pray a heap for them too. I just do have a great quarrel wid Dinah down in the kitchen. I tells Dinah, the way you goes on, spile all de woman's character. She says she don't care. She do what she please wid herself. Dinah, she... SLIP AWAY SOMEHOW FROM HER FIRST HUSBAND, AND HAVE nutter CHILD BY SAMBO. HE BELONG Massa Dee, SO SHE AND HER FIRST HUSBAND, THEY FALL OUT SOMEHOW. THESE HERE MEN, YOU KNOW, IS SO queer, MISSES, THEY DON'T NEVER LIKE SUCH THINGS. Ye you KNOW, Missus, THINGS WE LOVE, WE DON'T LIKE HAVE ANYBODY ELSE HAVE THEM. SUCH A THING AS THAT, Missus, TETS YOUR HEART SO, IF YOU DON'T MIND will fret you almost to death if my husband was to slip away from me missus Dat our way it would wake me right up i'm brack but i don't do so to my husband neither what i hide behind the curtain now i don't hide it behind the curtain when i stand before god the whole world knows it then dinah second husband say what she do for her first husband, nothing to him. Now, my husband don't feel so. He say he wouldn't do as Daniel do. He wouldn't buy things for the other children. Them as has the children might buy the things for them. Well, so, there they is. Dinah's first husband come up whenever he can to see his children. And Sambo, he come up to see his child and give Dinah tings for it. You know, Missus, massa had no nigger but me and one yellow girl when he bought me and my four children. Well, den massa he want me to breed, so he say, Violet, you must take some nigger in here, see? Then I say, No, massa, I can't take any here. Then he say, You must, Violet, cause you see he want me breed for him, so he say plenty young fellers here, but I say I can't have any of dem. Well, then, missus, he go down to Virginia, and he bring up two niggers, and they was pretty old men. And missus say, one of them's for you, Violet. And I say, no, missus, I can't take one of dem, cause I don't love them, and I can't have one I don't love. Then, massa, he say, you must take one of these. And then, if you can't love them, you assign somebody else you can love then i say oh no massa can't do that i can't have one every day well then by and by massa he buy three more and then missus say now violet one's dem is for you i say i don't know maybe i can't love one of dem neither but she say you must have one of these well so sam and i we live along two year he watching my way i watching his ways at last one night we was standing by the wood-pile together and the moon berry shine and i don't know how it was missus he answered me he want a wife and he didn't know where he could get one i say plenty girls in G. he say yeah but maybe I shan't find any I like so well as you. Then I say, Maybe he wouldn't like my ways, cause I's an old woman, and I have four children by my first husband, and anybody marry me, he must be just kind to dim children as they was to me, else I couldn't love him. Then he say, If he had a woman to have children, mind you, he didn't say me, he would be just as kind to de children as he was to de mutter, and that's according to how she do by him. Well, we went on from one ting to another, till at last we say we'd take one another, and we've lived together ever since. And I's had four children by him, and he never slip away from me, nor I from him. How were you married in your yard? We just takes one another. We ask the white folks leave and then takes one another. Some folks, they's married by the book, but then what's the use? There's my first husband. We's married by the book and he's sold away off to Florida and I's here. They wants to do what they please with us, so they don't want us to be married. They don't care what we does, so long we just makes money for them. My first husband, he young, and he be very kind to me. Oh, missus, he very kind indeed. He set up all night in work so as to make me comfortable. Oh, we got along very well when I had him. But he sold away off Florida, and since then, miss, I just gone to nothing. These here white people, they have here, they won't allow us nothing, nothing at all just gives us food and two suits a year a broad stripe and a narrow stripe you'll see them missus and we did see them for violet brought us the narrow stripe with a request that we would fit it for her there was just enough to cover her but no hooks and eyes cotton or even lining these extras she must get as she can and yet her master receives from our host eight dollars per month for her services. We ask how she got the broad stripe made up. Oh, missus, my husband, he working now out on the farm, so he have allowance four pounds bacon and one peck of meat every week. So he stench himself as to give me four pounds of bacon to pay for making my frock. Query. Are there any husbands in refined circles who would do more than this? Once, finding us all three busy writing, Violet stood for some moments, silently watching the mysterious motion of our pens, and then in a tone of deepest sadness said, Oh, that be great comfort, missus. You can write to your friends all about everything, and... Have them write to you. Our people can't do so. Whether they be live or dead, We can never know. Only sometimes we hear they be dead. What more expressive comment On the cruel laws That forbid the slaves to be taught to write. The history of the serving man Is thus given. George's father and mother Belonged to somebody in Florida during the war two older sisters got on board an english vessel and went to halifax his mother was very anxious to go with them and take the whole family but her husband persuaded her to wait until the next ship sailed when he thought he should be able to go too by this delay opportunity of escape was lost and the whole family were soon after sold for debt george one sister and their mother were bought by the same man he says my old boss cry powerful when she the mother die say he had rather lost two thousand dollars she was part indian hair straight as yarn and she was white as that air pillow george married a woman in another yard he gave his reason for it cause when a man sees his wife abused he can't help feelin' it when he hears his wife's abused. It ain't like as how it is when he sees it. Then I can fadge for her better when she's in my own yard. This wife was sold up country, but after some years became lame and sick, couldn't do much. So her massa gave her her time and paid her fare to GEE. The sick and infirm are always provided for, you know. "'Hadn't seen her for three years,' said George, "'but as soon as I heard of it, went right down, "'hired a house and got someone to take care of her, "'and used to go see her every three months. "'He was a mechanic and worked sometimes all night "'to earn money to do this. "'His master asked $20 per month for his services "'and allows him 50 cents a week for clothes, etc. "'Jace says if he could only save by working nights money enough to buy himself he would get some one he could trust to buy him den work hard as ever till i could buy my children den i'd take them from dis here where oh philadelphia new york somewhere north why you'd freeze to death oh no missus i can bear cold i want to go where i can belong to myself and do as i want to the following communication has been given to the writer by captain austin burse shipmaster in boston mr burse is a native of burnstable cape cod he is well known to our boston citizens and merchants start of letter by austin burse i am a native of the state of massachusetts between the years eighteen eighteen and eighteen thirty i was from time to time mate on board of different vessels engaged in the coasting trade on the coast of south carolina it is well known that many new england vessels are in the habit of spending their winters on the southern coast in pursuit of this business our vessels used to run up the rivers for the rough rice and cotton of the plantations which we took to charleston we often carried gangs of slaves to the plantations as they had been ordered these slaves were generally collected by slave-traders in the slave-pens of charleston brought there by various causes such as the death of owners and division of estates which threw them into the market some were sent as punishment for insubordination or because the domestic establishment was too large OR BECAUSE PERSONS MOVING TO THE NORTH OR WEST PREFERRED SELLING THEIR SLAVES TO THE TROUBLE OF CARRYING THEM. WE HAD ON BOARD OUR VESSELS FROM TIME TO TIME NUMBERS OF THESE SLAVES, SOMETIMES TWO OR THREE, SOMETIMES AS HIGH AS SEVENTY OR EIGHTY. THEY WERE SEPARATED FROM THEIR FAMILIES AND CONNECTIONS, WITH AS LITTLE CONCERN AS calves AND PIGS ARE SELECTED OUT OF A LOT OF DOMESTIC ANIMALS. OUR VESSELS, used to lie in a place called poor man's hole not far from the city we used to allow the relations and friends of the slaves to come on board and stay all night with their friends before the vessel sailed in the morning it used to be my business to pull off the hatches and warn them that it was time to separate and the shrieks and heart-rending cries of those times were enough to make anybody's heart ache in the year eighteen twenty eight while mate on the brig milton from boston bound to new orleans the following incident occurred which i shall never forget the traders brought on board four quadroon men in handcuffs to be stowed away for the new orleans market an old negro woman more than eighty years of age came screaming after them my son oh my son she seemed almost frantic And when we had got more than a mile out into the harbor, we heard her screaming yet. When we got into the Gulf Stream, I came to the men and took off their handcuffs. They were resolute fellows, and they told me that I would see that they would never live to be slaves in New Orleans. One of the men was a carpenter and one a blacksmith. We brought them into New Orleans and consigned them over to the agent the agent told the captain afterwards that in forty-eight hours after they came to new orleans they were all dead men having every one of them killed themselves as they said they should one of them i know was bought for a fireman on the steamer post-boy and went down to the Belize. he jumped overboard and was drowned the others one was sold to a blacksmith and went to a carpenter The particulars of their death I don't know, only that the agent told the captain that they were all dead. There was a plantation at Cusahatchee, back of Charleston, South Carolina, kept by a widow lady who owned 80 Negroes. She sent to Charleston and bought a quadroon girl, very nearly white, for her son. We carried her up she was more delicate than our other slaves so that she was not put with them but was carried up in the cabin i have been on the rice plantations on the river and seen the cultivation of the rice in the fall of the year the plantation hands both men and women work all the time above their knees in water in the rice-ditches pulling out the grass to fit the ground for sowing the rice hands sold here from the city having been bred mostly to house labor, find this very severe. The plantations are so deadly that white people cannot remain on them during the summertime except at a risk of life. The proprietors and their families are there only through the winter, and the slaves are left in the summer entirely under the care of overseers. Such overseers as I saw were generally a brutal gambling-drinking set i have seen slavery in the course of my wanderings in almost all the countries of the world i have been to algiers and seen slavery there i have seen slavery in smyrna among the turks i was in smyrna when our american consul ransomed a beautiful greek girl in the slave market i saw her come aboard the brig suffolk when she came aboard to be sent to america for her education I have seen slavery in the Spanish and French ports, though I have not been on their plantations. My opinion is that American slavery, as I have seen it in the internal slave trade, as I have seen it on the rice and sugar plantations, and in the city of New Orleans, is full as bad as slavery in any country in the world, heathen or Christian. People who go for visits or pleasure through the southern states cannot possibly know these things which can be seen of slavery by shipmasters who run up into the back plantations of countries and who transport the slaves and produce of plantations in my past days the system of slavery was not much discussed i saw these things as other did without interference because i no longer think it right to see these things in silence i trade no more south of mason dixon's line end of letter by austin burse the following account was given to the writer by lewis hayden hayden was a fugitive slave who escaped from kentucky by the assistance of a young lady named delia webster and a man named calvin fairbanks both were imprisoned lewis hayden has earned his own character as a free citizen of boston where he can find an abundance of vouchers for his character start of letter by lewis hayden i belong to the rev adam runken a presbyterian minister in lexington kentucky my mother was of mixed blood white and indian she married my father when he was working in a bagging factory near by after a while my father's owner moved off and took my father with him which broke up the marriage she was a very handsome woman my master kept a large dairy and she was the milk woman lexington was a small town in those days and the dairy was in the town back of the college was the masonic lodge a man who belonged to the lodge saw my mother when she was about her work he made proposals of a base nature to her when she would have nothing to say to him he told her that she need not be so independent for if money could buy her he would have her my mother told old mistress and begged that master might not sell her but he did sell her my mother had a high spirit being part indian she would not consent to live with this man as he wished he sent her to prison and had her flogged and punished her in various ways, so that at last she began to have crazy turns. When I read in Uncle Tom's Cabin about Cassie, it put me in mind of my mother, and I wanted to tell Mrs. S. about her. She tried to kill herself several times, once with a knife and once by hanging. She had long, straight black hair but after this it all turned white like an old person's when she had her raving turns she always talked about her children the jailer told the owner that if he would let her go to her children perhaps she would get quiet they let her out one time and she came to the place where we were i might have been seven or eight years old don't know my age exactly i was not at home when she came i came in and found her in one of the cabins near the kitchen she sprung and caught my arms and seemed going to break them and then said i'll fix you so they'll never get you i screamed for i thought she was going to kill me they came in and took me away they tied her and carried her off sometimes when she was in her right mind she used to tell me what things they had done to her at last her owner sold her for a small sum to a man named lackey while with him she had another husband and several children after a while this husband either died or was sold i do not remember which the man then sold her to another person named bryant my own father's owner now came and lived in the neighbourhood of this man and brought my mother with him he had had another wife and family of children where he had been living he and my mother came together again and finished their days together my mother almost recovered her mind in the last days i never saw anything in kentucky which made me suppose that ministers or professors of religion considered it any more wrong to separate the families of slaves by sale than to separate any domestic animals there may be ministers and professors of religion who think it is wrong but i never met with them my master was a minister and yet he sold my mother as i have related when he was going to leave kentucky for pennsylvania he sold all my brothers and sisters at auction i stood by and saw them sold when i was just going up on the block he swapped me off for a pair of carriage horses i looked at those horses with strange feelings i had indulged hopes that the master would take me into pennsylvania with him and i should get free how i looked at those horses and walked round them and thought for them i was sold it was commonly reported that my master had said in the pulpit that there was no more harm in separating a family of slaves than a litter of pigs i did not hear him say it so cannot say whether this is true or not it may seem strange but it is a fact i had more sympathy and kind advice in my efforts to get my freedom from gamblers and such sort of men than christians some of the gamblers were very kind to me i never knew a slave trader that did not seem to think in his heart that the trade was a bad one i knew a great many of them such as neil mccann cobb stone fulliam and davis etc they were like haley they meant to repent when they got through intelligent colored people in my circle of acquaintance as a general thing felt no security whatsoever for their family ties, some it is true who belonged to rich families felt some security, but those of us who looked deeper and knew how many were not rich that seemed so and saw how fast money slipped away were always miserable. The trader was all around the slave pins at hand, and we did not know what time any of us might be in it then there were the rice swamps and the sugar and cotton plantations we had had them held before us as terrors by our masters and mistresses all our lives we knew about them all and when a friend was carried off why it was the same as death for we could not write or hear and never expected to see them again i have one child who is buried in kentucky and that grave is pleasant to think of i've got another that is sold Nobody knows where, and that I never can bear to think of. End of letter by Lewis Hayden. The next history is a long one, and part of it transpired in a most public manner in the face of the whole community. The history includes in it the whole account of that memorable capture of the Pearl, which produced such a sensation in Washington in the year 1848. The author, however, Will preface it with a short history of a slave woman who had six children embarked in that ill-fated enterprise. End of part one, chapter five. Select incidents of lawful trade or facts stranger than fiction. Recording by William Jones.